Over to Gensel. Down low left circle for Crosby. Back for Gensel. A drive. He scores! Jake Gensel over the glove hand to Swayman. And the Penguins strike first here in the third. Zibanejad on with Sushevich and Lafreniere. Zibanejad gets the shot up. He scores! It's a hat trick for Rika Zibanejad. His third of the season. Tory Krug in a five-on-three scenario. Ryan O'Reilly. Krug, one-timer. Hoffman, he scores! Mike Hoffman with a rocket. Power play goal. Blues back up by one. As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be Continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. Hi, everybody, and welcome into another episode of Our Line Starts, fueled by Duncan. I'm joined by Keith Jones and Anson Carter today. What's up, guys? Ace looking all suave today. Well, that's how we roll, KT. I was going to bring my glasses in right now, but I thought I'm going to Oh, look at that. Yeah. Appreciate this. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. Well, we have a lot to talk about because we are coming into the home stretch here of the regular season. And so I want to talk about some highs and lows to start things off. But first off, guys, you know, we had that great game on Sunday, the Pittsburgh Penguins and the Boston Bruins. It was billed as a playoff type game. And then all of a sudden it was a one nothing lead for the Pittsburgh Penguins in the third, a bit less offensive production than probably we thought. But this Penguins team looks real good right now. What specifically, Jonesy, in that game did you like about Pittsburgh that's been making them so dangerous down the stretch here? I liked how they were willing to defend at the expense of taking offensive opportunities. And that's unusual for a highly skilled team. You often measure your game by how many times you're trying to put it past the opposition's netminder, not how much you're uh, defending and doing the right thing in your own zone. So I give them a lot of credit. They're a well-coached team. And I thought it was a really disciplined effort. They didn't take a penalty, but they were disciplined in their defensive approach. And that led to the one nothing win. So that's an important win for them. Some big points. And they keep the Bruins uh, at least thinking about the New York Rangers below them. Yeah, I thought when they're at home, Mike Sullivan didn't really shy away from that matchup. Perfection line for the Boston Bruins drives a lot of their offense. And having Sidney Crosby going head-to-head, uh, that was the thing that I watched most of the afternoon game. And it was, you know, telling that Jake Gensel scored that goal. Gensel and Russ are tremendous Really solid defensive players. Sidney Crosby plays a 200-foot game. So you're going to have to make sure that you mind what you're doing in the defensive zone first when you're playing against those guys. The perfection line, they were perfect. They just couldn't score. And, you know, one nothing game is a perfect example of what playoff hockey is going to look like in a few weeks. Well, you guys mentioned the Boston Bruins. And, I mean, right on their tail right now are those New York Rangers playing tremendous hockey. Uh, you know, you look at the Bruins and things are not perfect there right now. They're going to try and correct some of the issues they had on Sunday afternoon against the Penguins. But can they make the playoffs, Jonesy? Will they hold on to that fourth and final spot? Yeah, I, I don't think the Rangers will get there. I, I think that they're going to make it close, though. I, I do think that it's going to go down to the last, I would say, three games of the season, maybe the last couple. But I think the Bruins managed to maintain their position. 
Uh, they do have a couple games in hand as well. And the Rangers, I think, are going to have a couple games in there that they're not going to perform to the same level that they have in some of their more recent performances, including the Zibanejad hat-trick uh, yesterday. They've got a lot of gifted offensive players. I think the loss of Jacob Truba on the back end is uh, going to prove to be too large of a loss as these games become that much more important in the next few a few days and weeks. Yeah, I think this is going to be a big test for the Rangers coming down the stretch here. I think they gained some valuable lessons last year getting in that playoff postseason, uh, playing against the Carolina Hurricanes. Didn't work out the way they expected to work out. But I agree with Jonesy. I think the Boston Bruins have way too much experience for them to falter. I think the New York Rangers still have young players that are going through this for the first time, uh, like Alexei Lafreniere in particular, even though he showed that he's been making strides as a first-year player compared to what he was doing the first couple months of the season. But Tuka Rask, I like him too much in net. That I don't think there's many shortfalls in his game, and I really believe the Boston Bruins will get it done. All right, in the West, the Avs, the Golden Knights, and the Wild have all clinched a playoff spot. So it's a race for that number four seed, guys. Let's take a look at the odds powered by PointsBet Sportsbook. And the odds to make the playoffs, you see St. Louis, minus 150, Arizona, L.A., San Jose, but all in the plus range there for the odds. And the Blues had an impressive come-from-behind win against the Avalanche on Saturday. Coyotes hanging around. Who makes a run to grab that final spot in the West, guys? I think it's going to be the Blues. I think they're going to hold on to it. I think the odds are right. You know, you got to put up 150 to win 100, and that's telling you that St. Louis is uh, clearly the favorite to get there. And uh, previous experience would tell us the Blues have enough there to get the job done. They are dealing with a lot of injuries on the blue line, though. Uh, Pareko out again. Uh, not sure how long he'll be out for, but that's a gigantic loss. Vince Dunn's going to miss some time. Uh, Tory Krug's a game-time decision on one of their upcoming games. Uh, that's going to be an issue. So I, I think the Blues find a way to get it done based upon uh, what they've done in the past and the fact that Ryan O'Reilly is leading the charge. But uh, it's, it's not going to be an easy thing to do. And it might be worth taking a, a pick on one of those longer shots. You might get some, some uh, good return on your money. <laughs> I'm not really a gambling man, Jonesy, so I'm going to follow your lead. I'm going to go with the St. Louis Blues also just because they have a lot of guys with Stanley Cup rings on those fingers. And Ryan O'Reilly showed me enough in that game against the Colorado Avalanche, a team who I think will be the Stanley Cup champion this year, that they still have enough moxie in that locker room that when they have to dig down deep and their backs up against the wall, the St. Louis Blues will still come through. Arizona, they're a scrappy team. I like the way they play. I always say Darcy Kemper's one of the top five goalies in the National Hockey League. That hasn't really changed. And Jake Chickren's game has really been taken to a whole different level, too, offensive in the back end. But – if I had to pick one of those teams, I think the St. Louis Blues will get my bid for that final postseason spot in the National Hockey League out west. Yeah, I kind of can't bet against them, right? That championship pedigree. We saw, you know, Ryan O'Reilly, the captain, the leader, willing his way to victory the other day with the hat-trick performance against the abs so uh, certainly st louis is a team to be reckoned with and you can never rule out a team that's won a cup in the re last two years uh, let's think about the north division for a second because it's very interesting up there we've seen it's been pretty top heavy most of the season with montreal and toronto at the top but the canucks they've returned from this long pause dealing with covid protocol situ and covid actually within the locker room uh, not completely eliminated yet from the postseason which is good news for canucks fans but you look at a team that 
that's making a late run where they're not quite mathematically eliminated and all of a sudden they're trying to gun for the postseason and this is a team that probably wasn't expected to be there when they hit the pause that long break for COVID. Ace, have you ever been on a team where you thought you were out of it and then all of a sudden the late season surge and all of a sudden you're back in the conversation for the playoffs? No, but I was in a team that was out of it. And when the season is over, we're still out of it. <laughs> to Boston, coming from Washington, I was like a fourth-line guy. I didn't really play that much. Myself and Jason Allison, we were young guys. We had a veteran club. Jonesy, I think, was like the second oldest guy on the team. The second youngest guy on the team. I think Jonesy was like 29 or 30. And we were 22 years old. So you can see this discrepancy between the ages on that team. So we are trading to Boston, and we thought it was a great opportunity to finally play. Ali, myself, and Jim Carrey weren't concerned with winning a Stanley Cup at that point in our career. We just wanted to establish ourselves as NHL players. So every chance we had to play spoiler against other teams, we're loose and flying every single night. There was zero pressure on our shoulders. All we had to do is prove we had to play the National Hockey League where other teams are fighting to get in. So I think that's the same mentality a lot of these other teams are looking at when they're on the outside looking in. You You still have something you have to prove to the rest of the league and also to yourself and your teammates. And the rare part here, guys, is just the number of games that they have left. How, you know, the number of games that they missed and were un- unable to play. And now they've got to catch them up in a really short period of time. I think that's why it becomes a little more unlikely uh, that they will succeed in making it to the postseason. I just think it's too many games and too short a time. And I think they're going to run out of gas. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Whoa, sweet man cave. Thanks. Serious upgrade. How'd you pay for all this? I got a home equity line of credit from Figure. I was approved in five minutes and had funding in five days. Wow, that fast and easy? Yep. The application is 100% online, plus no out-of-pocket costs. Just fast access to the cash you need. How do I get started? Go to figure.com and get that serious upgrade. Figure Lending LLC, DBA Figure, Equal Opportunity Lender, NMLS 1717824. Terms and conditions apply. Visit figure.com for more information. For licensing information, go to www.nmlsconsumeraccess.org. All right. North, uh, also interesting with the Leafs looking good. The, the Winnipeg Jets can't rule them out as well. So uh, lots to look forward to in the North. Let's shift our attention now. It's time for the cold brew check fueled by Duncan, a three-team race in the Central Division between Carolina, Florida, and Tampa. Who is going to finish on top? Ace, lead it off. As much as I want to say the Stanley Cup champions, Tampa Bay Lightning, I'm going to say the Carolina Hurricanes because I don't think the Lightning really have much to prove right now. It's, they don't have to win a division. They've already been there, done that. They've won a Stanley Cup already. I'm sure Coach Cooper might think about resting some of his players. And I think that young, hungry Carolina Hurricanes team has something to prove. They want to win a division title. They want to go in the postseason with some momentum going on their side. So I think Carolina is going to hold on and win that division. I agree with you, Anson. I think they have just so many players that can contribute to their team's success. There's multiple options. They are, for the most part, healthy. And I think that's very important. And they play the same way every night. So there's been a lot of consistency to their game. Uh, There's no doubt in my mind that Carolina is good enough to do it. And I believe that they will 
Florida without Aaron Ekblad, you've got to think that's going to cost them a couple games down the stretch. And Tampa continuing to be without Kucherov and Stamkos, and you think that's got to be worth a couple of losses along the way as well. So I'll go with Carolina, same as Ace. All right, that was the cold brew check fueled by Duncan this season. Be sure to grab a cold brew for game time because where there's hockey, there's Duncan. While we are still talking about the Carolina Hurricanes, I'm just curious, um, there's a lot of questions for next season for Carolina. You've got Dougie Hamilton, an unrestricted free agent. You've got their head coach, Rod Brindamore. And you, I wonder if this is a team that can remain intact as is and if they can continue to do the building blocks necessary to be a championship team year in and year out. Do you expect the Carolina Hurricanes to retain those tremendous assets like Coach Brindamore, like Dougie Hamilton, and uh, continue to be a, in the conversation for the championships? I, I think they will definitely keep Rod Brindamore. I think they'll come to find some common ground. He loves being there. He loves coaching that team. He's a big part of the fabric of the Carolina Hurricanes. I would be shocked if he's not there. For Dougie Hamilton, he's going to get a heck of an opportunity because of what he's done. He's, he's earned that right. He has established himself as one of the top defensemen in the National Hockey League, and he deserves to be paid accordingly. So I think he's going to look at all his options. Uh, I think Carolina would love to have them, but it's uh, going to be a luxury that I think they're going to allow to move on because they do have a lot of depth on their blue line, although they don't have another Dougie Hamilton. I'm sure that they would love to keep him, but I think the price is going to be too high. I think in a normal year it might be too high, but I think some GMs might try to drive that price down saying, hey, this post-COVID, <laughs> our revenues are down. But even in these years, your top players always find a way to get paid. So it really comes down to what Dougie Hamilton is looking for. Is he was a chance to win or is he an opportunity to cash in? We saw Tory Krug wanted to cash in and he signed that big ticket in St. Louis where he was in a pretty good spot in Boston these last few years. So I, I think Dougie Hamilton stays there, but I think Rod Brindamore stays also. But they have to pay him. Mm -hmm. I'm not quite sure if the owner wants to pay market value for Rod Brindamore. And I think only time will tell. They've done a tremendous job so far with their on-nice product. Now will they realize they have to reinvest in that to keep it where it's going right now. Season ticket sales have gone up. Attendance has gone up before we've had this pause and before we've had no fans in buildings. And then momentum's going the right direction for the Hurricanes. they got to keep it going the right direction. They can't afford to let Roddy Brindamore walk away or even Dougie Hamilton walk away because any kind of slip in production in the standings could affect their bottom line with people coming to games and their attendance. Yeah, you can also add Alex Petrangelo in that conversation about players going elsewhere, getting paid, going to another contender in Vegas last season after a storied career with the St. Louis Blues. And while we're on the topic of defensemen, guys, uh, a huge milestone for Zidane Chara this week with his 1600th NHL game. A lot of heavy minutes logged by Big Z and, also, of course, a championship won by him as well. I mean, Jonesy, put into perspective what this milestone is for 42-year-old Zidane Chara. I, I love the guy, man. I just I, I love everything he's done throughout his career. He continues to impress me on a nightly basis. I think the Capitals are a better team this year, and Chara's got a lot to do with that. He solidified their blue line like he has done for every blue line that he's played on. Uh, incredibly fit athlete who just continues to find ways to be a productive player a responsible player and a fabulous human being. So he's one of my favorites of all time. So ha happy to see that he's still going and I hope he plays another five years. You say 1600 games, KT? 
Oh, back when we get to 1700, like Patrick Marlowe. No, all jokes aside, no, Big Z, <laughs> I know exactly what Jonesy said. He brings a lot to the table. I think the Boston Bruins miss him. Even though he's not going to play or he doesn't play as much as he has in the past, I think that voice and that presence in the room and on the blue line is certainly missed by the Boston Bruins. You know, they've got Miller in the back end who brings some toughness to the table. I don't think his knees will be able to hold up. But Big Z's been tremendously durable over the course of his career. So I'd like to see him hoist Lord Stanley's Cup again in Washington if he gets an opportunity. He's one of the best individuals in the league. Storyline from this week, surpassing Gordie Howe for the most games played all time. An incredible milestone. Uh, And then a very emotional Patrick Marlowe. I mean, Ace, I had a hard time watching some of his pregame and postgame interviews because he got very choked up, and rightfully so. This is a long career he's played with many different players across the board. A lot of sacrifices from his family at home to allow him to be playing this great game that he loves. Um, And it was just great to see the, the, the passion that he still has for the game, saying he's still wants to continue to play but also the the acknowledgement of players around the league that gave him a nod on that milestone day patty's very well respected i played with him on team canada if he wasn't breathing you wouldn't know he was still alive in the locker room he's so quiet he's so low maintenance but he's such a great humble person and he does love the game there's only that's the only reason why he could play this long kt because you gotta think about all the time the preparation that goes into getting ready to play the regular season the training, getting up at six or seven o'clock in the morning and putting your body through all that stress just to get ready to play those games. I knew when it was time for me to be to retire because I was like, oh, hell no, I'm not doing that anymore. So the <laughs> fact that he still embraces that and loves that, it came through in those words. He couldn't hold back that emotion because you could tell he truly loves being an NHL player. Well said, Ace. I mean, there's not a lot left to say about Patrick Marlowe. I think that last week really said everything. And I would agree with both of you guys. Uh, very impressive how he handled things. It was great to see how emotional he was, uh, mostly because of the response from other players that have played in the National Hockey League and the guys that he's playing against right now. And he's played against most guys that have played in the National Hockey League. I think it's 37% of the players that ever played in the NHL, Marlo played against. So he has, uh, he has earned the respect that he's been given by not only the way he's played the game, but the way that he's presented himself on and off the ice. And he's one of the few players in the league still, Jonesy, that you actually played against. Is that correct? Yeah. <laughs> you, you talked about two of them. Zidane Chara was another one too. So, and Joe Thornton's still going. So let's go. keep, keep, keep those guys going. Yeah. Keep those guys going. All right. Finally, guys, Andrew Shaw announced his retirement two Stanley cups with the Chicago Blackhawks. He's leaving the game due to some uh, concussion issues, but what an unbelievable player who found a way to make an impact on a championship team twice, you guys, and then went on and, and had a great career. The style that he played, the tough, the tough way he played, uh, I think it's appropriate we give him a nod and, and congratulate him on his retirement now. Big part of those Stanley Cup championships with the Chicago Blackhawks. I mean, he was a heart and soul type player. He was also a productive guy. He scored some big goals, saw some power play minutes, killed penalties and took hits and gave hits. He was a game changer. He was a momentum changer and you don't win cups without those type of players. So uh, sorry that he has to go under these circumstances. Uh, Wish him well with his health in the future and congratulate him on an excellent career. And he was a young guy, Jonesy, only 29 years old. It's not like he's 35, 36, 37. So that only speaks to how hard he played the game, the battles. And he wasn't a big man either. Andrew Shaw was an undersized forward, but you wouldn't tell by the way he played and carried himself on the ice. 
So there's no way the Chicago Blackhawks win those Stanley Cups without a player like Andrew Shaw, that grit and the determination in that lineup. It doesn't happen. Yeah, and certainly we wish him the best and wish him the best of health as well um, as he moves on to the next chapter of his life. I know he's a, a dad and a husband, so all the best to Andrew Shaw. That's going to do it, guys, for us here on Our Line Starts. Hope you all enjoyed the conversation at home, and we'll see you next time for Our Line Starts, fueled by Duncan. Let's jump into Peppa's world of play. Look for spring flowers. Hunt for muddy puddles and bravely explore exciting places with Peppa play sets. Peppa Pig. Inspiring kid confidence.